0: Beauty and Brains presents A Work in Progress, your favorite weekly podcast, all about navigating adulthood and adversity with transparency and vulnerability. Here, we highlight progress over perfection. You're listening to my personal and professional development diary, where I share the highs and lows and the real and raw parts of the story that no one talks about. I'm your host, Freeland Hunt, A Work in Progress. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are sound in mind and strong in spirit. Welcome back to a work in progress, the podcast. I feel like I'm a little far away, like I can't really hear myself. Let me get up in your ear. (laughs) What am I on today? Okay. Hey guys, welcome back to another podcast. As you can tell by the title of this episode, today we're going to be talking about workplace child or maybe you can't tell <laughs> because the title is just, I quit. Cause yes, you guys, I've quit again. <laughs> we're going to talk about that and more after years well, not years, I'm being dramatic, after months, it would feels like at least a full year, maybe two years, but months of you guys hearing me complain about my job, Um, a few months back, I finally did something about it. And I was able to transition into a new position at a new company. Um, And I originally wrote down all this stuff about workplace challenges, because I think it's just a really interesting topic to discuss. Um, I found a lot of people actually really did relate to me working like this dead end job, despite having a lot of career aspirations, like knowing what I want to do, wanting to do more, wanting to make more money, wanting to have more autonomy over my life, but still kind of feeling stuck despite having several, you know, college degrees and things like that. So I thought it was a really interesting topic to discuss because in a place where I felt so alone, um, I actually wasn't. And thank God I am transitioning out of the young adult workplace situation. Um, And I just thought that, you know, I should, I wrote down these feelings and these thoughts and just, just wanted to discuss. Back in August of 2020, wow, which seems like a lifetime ago, it really has been a long time coming. That was like my first full-time job. I have had other jobs, um, but I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I didn't expect to face so many challenges. And so in the spirit of telling you guys what I wish I knew before starting a full-time job, especially as a young professional or a gap year student turned employee, consider this to be my tell all of all the different workplace challenges that you may face, because there are probably hundreds, if not thousands of you guys who you yourself are about to, you know, join the workplace. And you may be excited because you're like, good, I'm tired of school right now, finally get some money in my pocket. Yeah, like there's some pros to it for sure, but it's wild out here in the workplace. If you haven't started yet, maybe come back in a couple of months because I don't want to scare you. If you're just starting and you're looking around like what the heck is going on? Yeah, this is that moment where I let you know you're not crazy. And um, if you're like me and you're transitioning out or just want to hear like, what are the youngies going through the youngies? What are the young cats going through? Um, And also I did have (laughs) a a red Jolly Rancher. So eh, my tongue is a little bit red. Anyway, Let's talk about all the different workplace challenges, and then I'll discuss um, why I end up leaving the practice that I was at to go to a new practice, and then why I end up quitting that job as well, and like what's next for me now that I am unemployed again. So when you are new to the workplace, one of the first things that you struggle with is kind of like fitting in. Figuring out how to be a part of a new work culture can be at times frustrating. Um, Like you want to get to know your coworkers, um, just in order to, you know, have a happy environment, just like how you have friends in college, you think that you're gonna have friends at work. But one of the first, it took me a while to learn the lesson, because in one way, me just being open and friendly and the miscongeniality that I am, I wanted to build trust and allies and have friends and somebody who I literally, the first person who I met and I called my work bestie is actually one of my greatest friends to this day when I walked into that practice. But I did have to learn the hard way that like everybody is not your friend. Um, And that, that can be a really hard lesson to learn because although everybody's not your friend in college as well. I mean, it just really doesn't make any sense to me in the workplace as to why people felt the need to go out of, like, it's one thing if you just don't click with somebody, or if you're just not in the same department, um, so you don't have a lot of chances to, like, get to know somebody or work with them, but I don't know. For me, I just always thought that it would be common sense to be friendly and respectful, um, ask questions, especially if you're new, if you don't understand something, and the people who have been there should be willing and open to help you because... Obviously, they know what they're doing and you don't. Um, And just like I thought, if you had a good attitude, manners, and, you know, a strong work ethic, if you showed great work habits, that it would show that you are professional. And um, that wasn't always the case, which I just found to be really, really strange. Overall, my piece of advice is just like, don't contribute to office gossip. It's so minuscule and stupid. And there are just some people who, and again, this is me talking from the young adult standpoint of kind of like being trapped into being an employee, like you're there because you have a goal. And your goal is not to be there working full time. Now, if you want to be working up the corporate ladder, and you are at your first corporate job, things may be different. But for me working as a medical assistant, just to I had three goals. (laughs) and i say this all the time um i forgot what i used to sing i used to be like get that check get that wreck and leave i wanted my check I wanted to be able to make some money because I had been obviously like a student for my entire life I really wanted like just consistent money I wanted a letter of recommendation for medical school and I wanted like the experience to put on my medical school application that was it anything else was an additional bonus and I didn't need it like I didn't need to leave with more friends I didn't need to leave with this or that or like the petty drama like nah but at the same time I'm not gonna lie to you I am a people person like I love talking to people getting to know people more hearing their stories helping them out where I can learning from them or giving them my own life lessons like it's just a part of who I am but again sometimes people just aren't on the same page as you and they can really like bring you down especially if they're the type of people who like to focus on gossip so my biggest advice is just like do not contribute to office gossip I remember first coming in and people being like oh this doctor is like this and you're not going to like them because of this. And it ended up being my favorite doctor in the practice. And if I would have listened to everybody else, like I wouldn't have had a letter of recommendation and a great relationship with this person. So literally just take everything at face value. I don't know why people feel the need to to do that. And I understand because once I was there, like I've had twofold, like obviously I was a new person, then I ended up being there for about a year and a half. And um, so I was A veteran at that point, because the turnover rate at that office was so quick. I was a I was a rookie and a vet. Like I felt like I still didn't know what I was doing. But I was old enough to where I could be or old enough. I'd been there long enough to where I could train everybody else. And I knew where things were. And I knew how to do just about everything um, that the position required which was really weird. But anyway, I knew the insides in the background of like drama. And I saw how easy it was when somebody new came in, and people would try and like, get their claws in them and try and make them believe certain things and change their perspective. Because I mean, perspective is gold. I say this all the time. If you come in saying like, oh, this doctor is like this and like that, then even if you don't know this person, you're gonna start seeing things from that person based off of what people tell you. It's not just the same for the providers, it's also the same for the coworkers. If somebody comes in and tells you, oh, this person has a bad attitude or they're always late or they're really messy or they don't do their job or whatever it is, you're gonna start seeing those things too. So I found it to be really difficult because I would just let people figure out things for themselves. Like if that person is not a good person, it's gonna take you a while, but you'll end up seeing, because I was working with some people who were not good people and I was just so confused like how can you be such a bad person but people have problems they have personal problems they have like issues that they need to go to counseling for they need to see people and um anyway yeah So this was a really long spiel. All these are not going to be this long. I just wanted to set a preference for, I think one of the biggest things is like when you're first coming in and you're new to the workplace, it's like not getting involved in the gossip and what people are saying about other people. Another workplace challenge that you will experience when you are new to the workplace is being heard because it does take time to gain the trust of your coworkers and to get them on board with your ideas. Like for a long time, you just have to listen and observe before like, suggesting changes. Um, even if you know how to bring solutions to the table, like some people just like things the way that they are and they will be very much like, who is this person can up coming up in here, thinking that they know everything, wanting to change stuff, like things have been working fine. Even if they know that there needs to be a change, people just get really comfortable with things and they don't necessarily want to change. So um I found myself having like to over time build trust and then engage my coworkers, um by letting them know that I knew what I was talking about I basically had to build a reputation of being clear-headed objective and reasonable for people to listen to my suggestions or um even just like let me have autonomy doing things that after a while it was like I can do this like this is really simple um and I'm not talking about like super patient care like no you're newly being trained but like simple stuff like hey guys, I think I have a better way that we can like organize the office, things like that. Another workplace challenge when you're new in the workplace is just like making mistakes. (sighs) This was something that was so big at my first job and they happen to everybody at some point. Just admit to them, and apologize like don't offer excuses or try to cover them up instead like offer solutions as soon as possible and try to fix the problem on your own time and then forgive yourself and move on like I would really harp on myself I would try and be so perfect at my job but like you can't be especially in the workplace like you're never going to be perfect like you want to be as great as possible But you're never going to be perfect. And I think that like having that pressure on myself and just feeling like, oh my gosh, like if I'm not perfect, like I didn't have a good day because I made this mistake, like you're going to make mistakes. So just like let go, like I said, admit to them and apologize and, um, try and find the person in the workplace who is going to help you out when you or if you make a mistake like there's certain people who i would learn like would blow things up or make it a bigger deal other people would be like okay no problem like this is what you should do instead or okay let me try and help you fix this and it was really weird to see how different people would handle like the same mistakes um but yeah that's something that i definitely noticed when you first come in you just have to like try and find the person who's trustworthy um if you end up making some mistakes. Next thing when you're new to working is time management. It can be difficult when you're settling into a new job and adjusting to your new responsibilities. I would try, and I still do this, up and even when I was in my new job, I tried to create daily like to-dos or goals list, breaking down my task that way. Um, I was able to manage them, or that they seemed more manageable, and it helped me keep organized, and it helped me be more productive and efficient because it just felt like your whole day you're at work, and then after work it's like you just need to rest and prepare for work again. And if you do that over and over and over again, you don't really have any time to do anything else. I found it to be really helpful just to have. Have a list of a few things that I wanted to do every day after work or even some things that I could multitask during work. So whether it be during my lunch break or if I had any downtime and then that way at the end of the week, I wasn't just like, dang, another week went by and I didn't do anything. Um, all I've done is kind of like literally go to work. And the reason why, again, as a new employee or as a person where this is like not your end all be all, that can be really frustrating and kind of like overwhelming if all you do is just go to work because A, you're probably not making enough money so you don't want to get comfortable like just being there forever so you need to like make steps in the new direction it's also probably not super fulfilling so just working all day every day isn't the happiest thing ever and then um like I said also you're probably wanting to do other things with your life if I wanted to upload YouTube videos if I wanted to work on my application if I wanted to start writing my personal statement like these are things that I had to have written down like hey just try and write freely for your personal statement for 15 minutes after work today or um, send this email to somebody for them to look over your personal statement draft and give you some stuff like sending an email and then there's so much like waiting and stuff in between that yeah I found it to be really helpful for me with time management knowing that my job was not my end-all be-all but also that it did take up like all of my day all of my time all of my energy and if you're still having difficulty managing your workload try and ask your co-workers for advice or you know speak with your prioritizer speak with your supervisor that way you can prioritize your work but again these are the co-workers who understand like it was really helpful for me to have glory my work bestie because she was pre PA. And so she was in the process of interviewing for PA schools, like submitting her application and interviewing when I met her. So I was able to say, okay, how did you balance like doing this and doing this at the same time? Everybody there couldn't have given me that advice because everybody wasn't at that same place in their academic career, even though other people wanted to be PAs, medical school, some people didn't at all. So you can't like ask people who don't know, you know, so again, that's when you like find your environment and things. And That brings us to like the next big chunk of workplace challenges. And it's just problems with co-workers. There are so many different type of people that I have met while working. And it's been eye opening and just like confusing. Like, I can't believe there are people out there like this. So the first type of person that I met was just a slacker. Like, I think the big difference is like, every other type of team based environment that I've been in before has either been like a school based team thing, where, for example, like SGA, we all have a goal. And we all have our individual jobs and we're working together for like a greater goal. And or like obviously sports like volleyball or like the dance team, like, we're all working together for something, even if we're individuals, like obviously, we're all individuals, but at work, even though there are teams, sometimes people just didn't Want to work hard? They didn't have to work hard. Um, so slackers—they just lower everybody's productivity. And if a coworker's poor work habits are affecting your job performance, what I found to be helpful was to, if depending on their seniority, because that makes a really big difference, but explain to them respectfully how their behavior is affecting you and what you would like to see changed and you have to again do it respectfully and nicely but keep in mind that it is your co-worker supervisor's responsibility to deal with that problem um in the workplace. And so unless this person like has authority to delegate work to you, like you can just say no to their requests, like to do their work. Like I noticed that at my second job, I had so much more confidence if the girl who I felt like I was a slacker at my job, if she asked me to do something, okay, once, sure, twice, okay, three times, I'm like, this is getting to be a habit. And you know, people are so good at it, too, because they'll just be like, hey, do you mind just like go ahead and grabbing like three, four of my patients while I just step outside really quick? And you'd be like, what the heck? <laughs> like, they'll be so slick with it. And you're like, absolutely not. She did not just ask me to do that. And it's like little things, but it will really build up. Because for example, again, just working in the healthcare field, um, my example, being a medical assistant, if you have, let's say you have 30 patients a day, you're counting down. You're like, I hope everybody doesn't come. I hope that I have 30 or less patients. If I have to pick up one other person's patient, like okay, maybe I'll do 31 or 32, but I only have the energy and the width band to do that. And then you know, plus you probably have side work, whatever it is, other things that you have to do with your job. If somebody asks you to do your you're not getting paid to do your job and their job at the same time. So it's okay like to say no because. I'm not being mean. I'm not being malicious. I just genuinely don't want to do your work and mine at the same time. And it gets hard because sometimes like I can do it, but I also like don't always want to. So finding that balance and also just know like who's asking, like sometimes you have to like set standards for people and be like, I'm not going to always say yes, if you ask me to do something. Um And then for other people kind of just being like you work hard, you know, if you grab my patient sometimes like I'll grab your patient sometimes. Um If that's what you need, I'll be there to help in and there's people like that wow. would find out too like it's a difference between like slacking and actually being teammates next challenge would just be like disagreeable co-workers so they just create an unpleasant work situation sis brother avoid them at all costs avoid them if possible be pleasant when you have to work with them And stand up to them when necessary. Even if they need to be dealt with, like don't get in a fight with them. Talk to them calmly. Disagreeable coworkers, people who it's just very hard for you to figure things out with. Like sometimes it just makes it a bigger deal if your supervisor knows about it. It's like, oh, you have to get them separated or oh they can't work together or oh this or oh that. It's like sometimes just try and handle it between, you know, you and them. Next thing that I experienced were office bullies. They would cause me so much anxiety and stress. And what I noticed is that they often targeted those who they saw as a threat. My advice would be to not let them isolate you or like make you feel bad about yourself. Like stand up for yourself. Stand up. Uh, Never sink to their level. Like discuss the problem with a mentor um, or somebody who, you know, really trust Preferably, like, not in the workplace unless they are, like, just very much so higher up and out of the way in the workplace, um, in order to discuss, like, the best way to handle them. And if they are, like, threatening you, report them to a supervisor. Like, stuff gets crazy, okay? There are people who are just, just sad. And, like I said, people who have problems and people who feel threatened and they end up being bullies. And I'm like, I have never been bullied. more than I was at work. I went to an all girls college. I, you know, made it through high school. Like I went to an all white institution and I was not bullied. I was bullied more at an all black woman's center. Like mm, Talk about trauma. Like that place traumatized me, man. I was like, I cannot believe I'm being bullied at my old age. And that was just a really hard situation for me to deal with. And I hope you don't have to. Gossipers and just like troublemakers, they can be especially disruptive to the workplace and cause like a lot of misunderstandings. A lot of it is just because like they're bored. (laughs) Like they have nothing else going for them. So be friendly, but like act busy. And they'll get the message that you have better things to do. Like, yeah, this person can like service your ears um, to the office grapevine and the workplace dynamics, but like just don't comment or add any fuel to their behavior because it's, it's never worth it. Next up, we have whiners and complainers. Ooh, like I I hate when people complain and sometimes People probably think this whole video is me complaining, which is fair. (laughs) That's fair. But it's something different where it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? Like when people tend to see the negative side to everything, like this attitude can be harmful to like just the overall morale. Like I'm just trying to, I am trying to wake up at 6am so I can get here and have a positive attitude and you are making it hard for me. Like just be empathetic. But put the problem like back on them, like ask them, like, what do you plan to do about solving that? Like complaining, maybe their attempt to avoid conflict and relieve stress about the things that they are experiencing or the way that they feel. Or just relieve stress about things that they feel that they have like no control over or just simply to get attention. Like I feel like I've seen it all and my advice is do not try and be the problem solver for them. Like that's not your job. Also what I've seen from other people is that they will turn their complaints into office gossip and I wouldn't recommend doing that either. It's just not necessary. Like just let a person vent and just ask them like, okay, so what are you going to do about it and move on? Okay, this next one, sabotagers. Is that the word? And backstabbers. Backstabbers, backstabbers, like I have never in my life. These people in the workplace environment, they can just, they cause distrust by spreading rumors and withholding important information from those that they see as rivals y'all keep your eyes out cuz this can affect your career goals and your reputation. So confront them calmly about their behavior. Do not play their game. When you have a good idea or if you know you're going to assist them on a project or whatever, like tell your supervisor so that you can get the credit you deserve because people are weird. They just have I don't know, people were just they thought differently than me. Um If someone is trying to make you look bad, my advice is just to check in regularly with your supervisor on your job performance. That way there is never so much noise going on behind your back about you that you are not familiar with. and something that I like to do was like, especially if I was working with a new provider, I would ask them like, you know, how did I do today? Is there anything that I could help you with more? Is there anything that I could do better that you would prefer? That way I would hear it directly from them and not other people who would like hear the information and then take it and run and then use it to stab me in the back later on or like sabotage me. It was just like, that's what I would do if I heard somebody was saying something, I don't know. Again, people are weird. And I say that to, I keep saying people are weird. And what that really comes down to is just like people in your workplace environment may not have the same ethics and integrity as you do. Um, I personally feel like poor business and workplace ethics can be hazardous. Um, and they can also be like hazardous to your like job security. You may feel like you're going to get fired, which is like the worst feeling ever. And it can follow you like for the rest of your career. So I personally just tried to stay clear of those who would ask me to compromise my integrity. I would say no to requests that made me feel uncomfortable. I would often review like my employee workplace ethics and like understand like what, what, prop- what was proper business ethics. Etiquette and ethics, um, because just in some cases, like these issues would need to be reported to a supervisor um, or human resources. And then finally, when it comes to just like dealing with people, is like, of course, getting along with your boss. Problems with your boss are like emotionally and physically draining, they often stem from like work style or personality differences. And so, the first step is to figure out specifically, like, what they're doing that's upsetting you or what you're doing that's upsetting them and then like just ask yourself why um, I think it helps look at the problem from both of your perspectives and Just decide how best to discuss it with them and just try avoid blaming, accusing or venting. Um, What I learned in the situation was using the we approach. So we seem to be missing some deadlines because tasks aren't started on time. How can we fix this? Or, you know, just offering a solution that will help both of you meet your goals and look good. And if the problem can't be resolved, then it's probably like not the best match for you. So, I tried to make these very broad topics. Again, things that I feel like could help, could be helpful for you guys, not just me like venting here for an hour, like, and then on my third day of work, like, hopefully, you guys can get a gist either relate if you've been there before or like get a gist of like what you could get yourself into like when you're going into the workplace environment because I just didn't realize that it could be like just just so much, so so catty, so many different like personalities. And I just didn't think it could be like that at a workplace. And um like I said, I was it took me a while before making the decision to quit. Um especially because it felt like, oh, this is a tight job market. Like I talked about a lot, like, oh, this is the job that I prayed for. Like I wanted to be here. I really wanted to make like my current job work. Um, I tried like to pinpoint the problem and change my routine and take on more responsibility or like pursue interest outside of work and really nothing was helping. And so how I managed while I was there was changing my mindset and my perspective, um, especially because that was like my year of gratitude. So I continued to have an attitude of gratitude. Um, I was reading a book, and I remember highlighting this part in it that said, Instead of fixating on the unfairness of her circumstance and stewing over how she deserved something better, something that used her skills and education to best effect, she began to see her less than fulfilling job as an opportunity to advance the kingdom. So eventually, the constant cycles of negativity became literally a toxic workplace environment and I was trying so hard to be like what are these people going to say about me when I leave not that I care about like what you think but that I care about how my character is perceived and also am I in a place where I feel like I can't be my best self. Like this place I found was making me not the person who I wanted to be. I was snappy. I wasn't willing to help as much. I wasn't willing to like, I wasn't as like jokey and smiley. I felt like I really shut off my personality. Like I said, I was so anxious and stressed out all the time that I wasn't like my happy go lucky or bubbly self. And it was kind of like, this is like a toxic place for me to be in. I especially like once my work bestie left, I was like, yeah, I've got to go and also I began to feel like I wasn't valued and that I just wasn't good enough like to work for my doctor or be at that job when in reality I was more than good enough and I worked hard and I was overqualified which is another reason why I felt was really messed up was like I'm overqualified for this job there's no reason why I I have to feel like this in this workplace and there's even like this great TikTok that I love that put it into perspective for me
1: you will never be good enough for the wrong person So, when people do not see your value, it's not about, I'm not good enough, I'm not this. No, they're not for you.
0: And we've got to learn to accept that and not internalize rejection, not internalize the fact that this person cannot step up to the table and give us what we need. That's not their role in our life. And overall, I feel like that's a really great explanation as to why I left. Honestly, everything really started to change around like December, because at this point, the applications were all out there. I wasn't hearing back anything and I wasn't getting nervous, but I was like, okay, I need to think about what's going to be next for me because I cannot and I will not be at the same place this time next year. Like I just kept saying that I was like, something's going to give. I'm either going to be in school, I'm going to be doing something different, but I will not be here for another. Another year like it's just absolutely not happening and so while all of my applications were out there and all I could do was really just wait for interview invitations I decided to apply to some post-bac programs in the meantime um, I think I mentioned this a little bit to you guys but I did and the problem the thing that was really hard for me was that I wanted a certain kind of postback program, and they honestly just didn't exist. Like there was no perfect postback program. I wanted a program that had the direct link into medical school because I'm like, if I'm gonna go back to school, I need to do you know one, two years max, and get into the medical school. It doesn't mean need to be anymore. I need to do this, this, that, jump through the hoops, upside down, turn around, do a split, and maybe we'll think about it or we'll recommend you to our next door neighbor. It's like no, I need to get into your medical school after you know doing this because that's what I found to be what's best for me and also what a lot of like other black medical students that's a, what a lot of them did if they had to take if they didn't have those amazing statistics to get right into medical school a lot of them did like those direct link programs once you know somebody there and you've you know shown yourself and you proved yourself you got right in but while I was applying for those few schools I decided that I was also going to apply to new jobs just in case if no post packs worked out for me I wanted to go into you know I wanted to switch things up again if you guys watched the vlog you know that I was looking into doing research I was like I feel like this is something that I could maybe you know Vlog while I was working. A lot of you guys were so you're so confused as to why I wasn't like making more content during this time. And there were really like three main reasons for that. One, I lost inspiration. Like my life didn't inspire me anymore. It wasn't enjoyable to live, so it was really hard to make content that was enjoyable. Two, my workplace did not allow me to film, and I spent more than. N- 50 hours there a week. I didn't have the money, I didn't have the mental energy I needed to focus my time outside of work trying to get into medical school, and I really just had to put my social media on the back burner. If I could have created like work in my life videos every single week, I would have been consistently vlogging throughout this entire time. And then there's also the fact that I spent 6 weeks studying, 6 weeks <laughs> 6 months studying for the MCAT, and that also I that was also a time where I felt like I really shouldn't have the camera around. So, um if you're like confused as to like why didn't you just like why weren't you just consistent on YouTube this whole time it's like it really just wasn't possible for me and that's why I ended up creating this podcast that way on the weekends I could film a video and get it up for you guys and we could still talk and I can keep you updated um but I missed the vlogs and I was very upset that I wasn't able to create that content, you know, during that part of my time. It really was just like a big block in my story that I had been filming since I was 18 years old. And so I wanted my next job for me to be able to film there at that workplace. And like I said, I really want to do research. And to be honest with you guys, I really just want to go into detail here because, again, just putting into perspective for you guys, for me, where I live at, I do live in Maryland, but I live in the suburbs of Maryland and Southern Maryland. And there are a lot of great places to do research. Research, but we do have like major schools in DC and in um, Baltimore. So, for example, if you're gonna do any research here in Maryland, it's going to probably be at Johns Hopkins, which is in Baltimore, Maryland, which is an hour and a half away from me. So, a lot of you guys were really upset that I said that I ended up getting a new job working in Virginia, but Literally, Virginia is closer to me than Baltimore was. I mean, technically commute wise, based off of like what it was in traffic, it might have been the same. But I interviewed for a lot of different research positions at Johns Hopkins and I got a few acceptances. And this is going to sound really just stupid. But to be honest with you, uh, my grandmother ended up passing at Johns Hopkins Hospital. And I had like one of my interviews like right before her passing. And then another one was like, two days after she passed. And like one of my interviews, I just completely skipped because I just wasn't in the right mind space. And then obviously, I messaged them afterwards. And I was like, I'm sorry, like, you no longer have to consider me for this position. Another one was like, after everything kind of settled, but I was still very upset. Something about Johns Hopkins, like honestly, just scarred me having to watch my grandmother pass there. And then um, just really knowing like, can I actually travel an hour and a half every day to go to work? Um, here, it just I just ended up not taking any of those research jobs. And the one research job that was a little bit closer to me, it was based in Baltimore, but it had other offices that were all the way spread down down to Southern Maryland where I was. So I didn't have to travel that far to it. And that's why I really liked that job opportunity. But again, as I mentioned the vlog, and if you haven't seen it, they basically were like, okay, cool. So I like I go, I did three interviews with them. My third one, which was a working interview, they were like, do you want the job? okay like look out for a job offer from us and I'm like bet here we go and I go back to work and I tell you know my one of my one friends there at work like girl they told me about this in the job offer it's a done deal I'm about to be out of here she's like oh girl say less let me go ahead and start interviewing and get up out of here too because it's place is crazy like I said toxic workplace environment we were both on the same page um and literally in between two weeks she had found a job that she wanted to work at, interviewed there, got the job and put in her two weeks. And I was like, I still had not heard anything back from my job place yet. And so I was like, I have to get up out of here. Like there were things happening every day where I was like, please and at this point I'm like emailing them emailing them emailing them like hello is the job offer coming like are you guys gonna send it are you guys gonna send it and they were like yeah you know we just have a few more interviews and I was like a few more interviews I thought that you guys said that it was mine like I'm ready to go I'm ready to move I'm ready to move on and this was like in February so yeah at this point I there was one point in time where I was like I could possibly get the job but it's a good chance I don't get the job but there was a situation that happened at work where I was like I I am ready to go now and I am willing to find another job even if it's not a research job just so that I don't have to work here anymore because I know that it will be temporary because I will not be in this position at this time because at this point I'm thinking I'm probably going to go the post back route. So finally... I quit. I put in my two weeks. It was very bittersweet because as I talked about in the video, it's like I wanted to end going to medical school. Like I wanted to end with my mentor who worked so hard to pour everything into me being like, you know, call me if you need anything. But instead, I was leaving not knowing where I was going next and just really had a bad taste in my mouth about the experience and kind of feeling like, wow, like just what is life? And long story short, the way I ended up getting my new job was that I put on LinkedIn that I was like looking for new jobs or whatever. And a recruiter reached out to me. And um, this was basically like a temp agency for like medical assistant jobs. And I really wasn't looking forward to working as a medical assistant again. But um, also the day after like the day before my last day of work. So I put in my two weeks, a week, And six days go by on that sixth day, I ended up getting my first interview invitation. And I remember I was so excited. And it just felt so like, okay, Lord, you just needed me to move, you just needed me to move. And now you're going to go ahead and, you know, make things happen. I was super excited. This was the only post back that I had actually applied to. um, At that time, I was like, Oh, this is it like this is perfect. Their program is perfect. It's in Atlanta, like, I'm super excited. All right, I'm good to go. Bye, y'all. I basically did that interview and like three, four other job interviews within the next two weeks, and I barely had any time before I ended up getting hired at the next job. And again, I was very particular about choosing my job because knowing what I knew about my past place where it was like we were we we didn't have enough employees so we were very much so overworked it was a very stressful environment and I was like that I just want the soft life for myself I no longer want to be super stressed out at work because it no longer is going to serve me my application is already out there I don't even need more like clinical hours if we being honest here um, none of you guys are going to write me a letter recommendation I don't need work friends here like I literally just need a check this job was paying even more than what I was making at my other job, which was embarrassing to say the least. So I was like, you know what? So to answer all your questions in that vlog as to like why was I driving all the way out to Virginia? Virginia is actually closer to me, and it is very difficult to find like a healthcare type job when you're not working toward like you're not working near any hospitals or you know major hubs um, where I live out just so far in the suburbs. So I knew that I was going to have to travel far for work just because of where I lived, and if I wanted to travel far for research, I could have. But just when the opportunities were presenting themselves, I just. Wanted wasn't in the right mind space. And that's okay. And again, I also knew like, I'm nine times out of 10 going to quit my job by June, either because I miss Marilyn or because I'm going to be getting ready to go to school next. So I started my new job. If you guys haven't seen that, I got a job working at a pediatric specialty office and it was really cool because there were many different specialties and it was also pediatrics, um, but I was a medical assistant again. And just to answer again your questions in the comments for that video, it was a lot of administrative work. So it was still the same type of position, but at my old job, even though I was a medical assistant, I just think that GYN has a lot more like hand. Hands on, you just need to be more hands on. Like, so you just have to help the provider more during the actual appointment. <laughs> you actually have to be there for procedures and things like that. Whereas in this specialty, specifically in pediatrics, we just did a lot more administrative work. So, more so my responsibility to make sure that things were in the chart for the patient before they got there and that I would get their vitals and put them in the room. As I mentioned, I now know that I do not want to go into pediatrics, even though pediatrics was literally like number three on my list. Like, I was like, okay, of Of course, I want to be OBGYN. Number two is probably going to be family medicine. And number three would be pediatrics. I don't know what's going to be number three, but it ain't going to be pediatrics because I do not. I thought BB love kids, but baby, BB do not love kids when it comes into a medical setting. And again, I talked about in the vlog, but. I mean, I think it's basically they're just so scared, and I do obviously a lot of mentorship. And you guys have like seen on vlogs, we're like just kids. Kids do love me, and I do love kids. When kids have like that glossy eye look at you, and they're just like, "Oh my gosh, like you're so pretty," and I just want to like be around you, and I'd just be like, "Oh." But when they're crying their eyes out and they're scared out of their mind and they don't know who you are and they're they're screaming, they're punching, they're kicking like between like little like and when I tell you guys again, I don't have any babies in my life. The only baby that I have in my life is Brit's son and she lives in Alabama. So I see that boy every now and then the crying is like nails on a chalkboard for me it's so uncomfortable i do not enjoy it and i don't blame them they're just scared they don't know any better but boy i do i did not enjoy that so yeah when they're just so afraid in a doctor's office setting they think i'm going to give them a shot or i have to prick their finger for you know the diabetes stuff it just was i mean overall the experience was much better than my first job um like I said, one, it's because I knew what I was looking for. So I was even there was one job who offered it to me and it was another GYN. Um, it was like in a um, it's like MedStar. I don't know if you guys are familiar with MedStar. It's like the GYN office at a big MedStar like hospital. But Child, the way that the manager was talking to me, I was like, oh no, I'm going to be stressed. Like, if I got any red flags for being stressed out, overworked, doing multiple people's jobs, like, I was like, absolutely not. I'm not doing it. So, I really still do like GYN. I'm glad that I got that experience at the first workplace. And I'm glad that I got the experience at my second workplace working with pediatrics because, like I said, I thought that I would have really liked it. Now I know I don't. So, it was a specialty office. So, different floors had different things. They had plastic surgery neurology, ear nose throat, um nephrology, what else? um Personally, on my floor, there was pediatric GYN, there was endocrinology, there was GI, hematology, like all different types of stuff. I worked in like the endocrinology department. I also worked at the GYN and GI sometimes. So it was really cool to see different areas of medicine. I really wanted to do endocrinology. I don't think I talked about this, but when I came in for my interview, I had three interviews that day. So I was literally like, I didn't even know where I was or like what specifically that practice did. I just came to like speak about myself. And I remember them asking me like, okay, so all of our out of all of our specialties here, like which one would you want to work at and why? And I said to myself, oh, you idiot. <laughs> you didn't even do your research. I did, like I did do my research. Obviously like looked online and stuff. And I was like, I could not remember for the life of me the different specialties that they had. Um, but I remembered that, they had an endocrinology department. I don't, remember, I don't know what it was, but something just like clicked. And I was like, oh, I think somebody said something about endocrinology. And endo was one of the hardest classes that I took other than physiology during my master's of physiology program. And I was thinking to myself, wow, the way that I've learned so much about gynecology and women's health while working in women's health, I know that when I have to learn that stuff, in medical school, I'm going to be so prepared and ready because I I really like know my stuff. And I felt like I really struggled with understanding hormones and endocrinology. So I figured that if I would work in the endocrinology department that I would, you know, basically be able to help myself in a field that I wasn't really strong in. So literally in my interview, I just blurted out like, oh, endocrinology would be nice. And I kind of give that synopsis. And they're like, great, because we actually do need somebody in our endocrinology department. And uh, yeah, so I got the job. And what I really worked on there were like diabetes patients. And I also realized there's a really big like, um, intersection between endocrinology and like women's health. So like, even if I wanted to go into more like fertility, and do IVF and stuff, like some of those doctors are not OBGYNs, but they're actually endocrinologist. There's a lot of appointment types that we would see in the GYN office that I would consider to be like women's health problems. But, you know, sometimes when you have an issue, you don't know, like, which doctor do I go to? Which specialist do I go to? Or depending on their age or their sexual health history or whatever, when you go to your primary care provider or just your regular pediatrician, or if you're grown, you know, they will decide which doctor they'll send you to. So that was really interesting that I actually got to see a lot of the same type of patients and problems, but I got to see how like, like endocrinologists would handle it versus gynecologists. So that was really great and fulfilling. I didn't need to see too much of it because it wasn't as much of a learning environment as my previous place was, but that was just because... Honestly, we had less responsibility than we did at my first job. So I was able to go in there and just mind my business and do my work. There were like people around all the time you guys saw in the environment. But that is the first and the last work vlog that you will get because I quit that job too. And I didn't quit because of the job. The job was great and it was fine. But like I said, I knew that it was temporary. Basically, I got two other interviews. You guys are gonna see this all together in a vlog that I'm gonna put out next for you. I got a month before Miss Marilyn and I ended up getting accepted into a postback program. A really, really good, really prestigious postback program. And so at this point, I'm like, let's go. I'm out of here. Like no matter what, when the program starts, I'm out. And it started a week after Miss Marilyn. If you guys saw my last podcast episode, you know that I was, I really, really, really wanted to be Miss Marilyn. I worked really, really hard for it. And I wanted to be Miss Marilyn over everything. And I thought that I had a really, really good chance. And so I was prepared to be Miss Marilyn. come June 26. um, And I was going to put everything on hold if that was the case. If it was God's will for me, I was going to, you know, use that year, work on my platform, you know, go to Miss America and, you know, maybe retake the MCAT and reapply. Or I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do, but I was like, I'm just going to get the crown. I'm going to figure it out afterwards. But I know that I'm going to put school on hold for a year if I get the once in a lifetime opportunity to be Miss Maryland, because I can only be Miss Maryland one more time. This is my last year of eligibility and I kind of have the wiggle room in my career while everything is just like dead right now. Um, But for the school, I could apply for the program and maybe get into it again the next year. So it was really just a toss up between the two. Again, if you guys saw saw my last podcast titled Big Fat Loser, then you know that I did not end up winning. And so I was so tired, drained, upset, confused, disappointed, and also scared out of my mind. Because by this point, I, and again, you'll see more in the vlog was so like, I don't actually want to go to this program. It was the only one that I ended up getting into. So I didn't have any other options. And it was starting soon. And I put everything on hold for Miss Marilyn, So I quickly had to start packing, find an apartment and get ready to go back into a very intense program in order for me to go to medical school. And so it was a very like bittersweet moment, but my body was just like rejecting it. Either way, I knew that I needed some time to rest. So after the competition on Saturday, I spent the night at the Maryland hotel from Saturday to Sunday. And it was actually really sad because on Sunday driving home, my mom and my aunt wanted to stop by like the um, outlets there. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna sit in the car. My mom's like, come on, you know, shop with us. And I was like, y'all, I'm sad. I'm disappointed. I really thought I was gonna win. I don't want to shop right now. My Mom was like, shopping spree on me. Like, just get whatever you want. You know, we'll We'll consider this to be back to school shopping. I literally was so sad like that's how you know I'm sad I was like yo I don't even want to spend your money Nina um and I ended up like you know just getting things and I'm like okay this would be cute to like wear if I'm like studying (laughs) and I got some stuff um I actually got a lot of stuff because you know you don't got to tell me to blow a check too many times that was all day Sunday and we drove home and I came back and I you know had to unpack the car and I unpacked that day and I was in the bed. All day long, and come Monday morning, I was like, "I'm not going to work. I have one week and I have to figure out my life, and I need time to rest before I start this new big chapter of my life." So I quit. <laughs> I texted my boss. It was the most unprofessional way to quit ever. I'm like so disappointed in myself, but I was like, I knew it was going to be temporary, and I told my boss there was a chance that I wasn't going to show up on Monday morning if I was Miss Marilyn. Um, but I didn't end up being Miss Marilyn, and I still end up quitting. So yes I quit again that's the story of that if you guys want to see like what's happening next stay tuned because y'all life gets crazy you thought it ended there but it didn't life gets crazy I can't believe I thought this was going to be a short podcast episode when is it ever short with Breland the Blabbermouth? mouth um, I'm going to go ahead and put in some kingdom keys here because there was a lot of just uncertainty and darkness and doubt when I was in my workplace like so much uncertainty and um, if you. You are there in that place now, whether you are just starting or you are in the middle of it. I just want to give you guys just something to hold on to.
1: Ask Joseph, there are times where what you see as a crisis, what you see as a problem, what you see as bondage is God's way of actually getting you into the King's house okay? Every elevation is not necessarily going to happen for you through positive means. But if you are God's man or if you are God's woman, you have to stop in the midst of what you think is a negative situation going on at your job and recognize that even though it happens through negative means, you're still now behind the veil, okay? And I prophesy that you're not going to have to beg. You're not going to have to ask. You're not going to have to request. You're not going to have to apply for this next assignment. Because even if your coworker tries to trip you up, the reality is that they're trying to trip you up. But God is using it as a setup just so that he can get you into the king's court. God is going to orchestrate kings to request that you be brought up. And into because the truth is you're going to say I didn't ask to be here I was asked to be here
0: and last but not least we're going to end this episode off right with a few minutes of guided affirmations to keep our spirits up and focus as we move throughout our day remove all distractions and verbally repeat these words out loud after me Today, I will concentrate on taking one step forward, however small it may be. Every morning I wake up, I am given a new opportunity to learn and grow. Each new phase of my life allows me to grow as a person. I receive the lessons from each experience with a grateful mindset. I am proud of myself for staying calm and positive. remain at peace, even in this difficult moment. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it and you learned some things. And again, if you are going through anything similar to what I was going through my workplace drama, feeling like I was in a toxic workplace environment, feeling like I had no friends, like I had no, like there was no way out it's only temporary I just kept reminding myself that it was only temporary and that's the only thing that would get me through and now that I'm on the other side of it 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 feels like it was a blink it feels like it was a lifetime ago it feels like it was forever ago and it was just a distant memory and so I hope these different tips and perspective will help you during your time as you know that you're not alone and it won't last forever if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. You can do so on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you're not already watching the pod, don't forget we're over here on YouTube. So subscribe to Beauty and Brains 5. You can also follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Breland Hunt and visit my website brelandhunt.com for weekly podcast updates or to contact me to share your story. Until next time, be sure to live each day to the fullest because you only live once and give yourself some grace. We are all just a work in progress. Bye y'all.